0: Welcome to The Penis Project podcast, connecting men through science, stories, solutions, but most of all, through support. This podcast was founded by myself and Dr. Joe Milios, a physiotherapist. To find out more about us, check out our website, thepenisproject.org. I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett, sexologist and nurse practitioner specialising in men's intimate health. Join me as I break down the barriers surrounding men's health and have candid conversations about everything you've always wanted to know, but were too embarrassed to ask. This podcast is dedicated to stories from men who have bravely recognised the importance of sharing their experiences, breaking down stigmas and having no filter chats about sexual health, cancer treatment and recovery, relationships and everything else in between. If you know someone who you think would benefit from this information, please share so we can help more people. We would also love it if you'd follow the podcast and give us a review. So welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today we have Trevor. Now, Trevor describes his prostate cancer journey as playing whack-a-mole, which some of you might remember as the game, I think, where something pops up and you whack it on the head with a big rubber hammer. So we're going to talk about that. He um has never had his prostate removed surgically. He has advanced prostate cancer. And we're going to chat to him about the different treatments he's had and how he's feeling and how he's coping with it all. So welcome and thank you so much for chatting to us. Hi, Melissa. Thank you. So tell us your story, like when you were first diagnosed and all that stuff.
1: I was first, um, well, it first was picked up. I was, uh, I just had some bariatric surgery. I was quite a lot larger. Mm -hmm. I needed to lose a lot of weight. So in that process, I had the surgery. That all went really well. Uh, I was in the process of losing about 40 or 50 kilos. Wow. But as part of that process, I had a number of blood tests, obviously, to just see how my bloods were going. And out of that, it popped up that my PSA level was quite high. It had gone above 25. Wow. So how
0: old were you when you had this
1: first done? I was 58. And had
0: you ever had a PSA before?
1: I'd had some PSAs before, but they weren't that high, yeah. And and because of my obesity, I suppose, Mm -hmm. Um, the doctor was sort of fobbing it off and saying, look, that could be part of pre-diabetes or part of urinary tract infection or something like that. So I think there was sort of, I had my prostate checked, the usual thing, and there was no enlarged prostate, so he wasn't sort of thinking that way initially. Mm -hmm. But when when it got above 25, he said, look, I need to refer you to a urologist and... And that's what happened I, in October 2019. I went and saw my urologist and uh, he said, well, "Right, we need to do a biopsy. I had a biopsy. And as a result of that, it was found that I had uh, prostate cancer, Gleason's eights and nines, which is quite high and aggressive. Mm-hmm. So the process from there was then to have um, further scans, MRI and um, PET, uh, CT PET scans, and that that showed that I then had advanced prostate cancer, uh, obviously in the prostate, and and it had spread through to five spots on my bones.
0: Yeah, so where in your the rest of your body
1: was that? It? Uh, it was a, a couple of sp- on my the top of my right hip bone, uh, on the pelvic bone, on my shoulder, on my seventh left uh, rib. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in those sorts of spots. And you
0: must have. How did you feel when you found that out?
1: Oh, look, I was devastated. I mean, I it was shown to be a very aggressive one. So, and I just didn't think. You know, I was told that. Look, that's not curable. You've got advanced. Um, I guess in hindsight, I, I'm lucky. But at the time when you're told you, you have cancer, and all the men with prostate cancer would know this, you go into a bit of a fog, and and it doesn't really hit home. You think you. You die. You're going to die,
0: especially when you're told that it's in other places. That's right.
1: Yeah, and then it's spread through your your system. It's not. Yeah, it's not curable. You have got to learn mm-hmm. to live with it.
0: Yeah. And so, what happened next? Well,
1: a, a, a range of things happened. Firstly, um, I was referred to a radiation oncologist, mm-hmm. and because of the way the prostate cancer was, they said, "Well, there's no point taking your prost- prostate out." Mm. So. Um, we're going to look at radiation, the type of radiation. um, The spots that were on my bones were small, two to three mil in size. So they said, let's try CyberKnife as a form of radiation. CyberKnife's a very concentrated beam, uh, 360 degree type beam uh, radiation that um, you lie on this carbon fibre table and this robotic machine sort of spins around you and, and just beams seven times the strength of normal radiation hit the spots that the uh, the tumors are in and, and hopefully kills it. It also does the same on your prostate. So you're having intensive beams onto your prostate and, and that hopefully burns or kills the cancer um, tumor away.
0: And so did you have CyberKnife on the all of your spots?
1: Yes, I did on the prostate and on the other five spots.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And how long did all of that treatment take? That didn't take all that long. Initially initially what happens is you go in, you have a shot of um you go into androgen depri- th- um, deprivation therapy. So I had a shot of what's called firmagon. Mm-hmm. Now that's very apt that name because <laughs> once once you have firmagon You're that, not you're it's firm gone, your firm is gone. Firm is gone. That's that's right. <laughs> Um, and that's that's to because um, testosterone supposedly feeds the prostate cancer by having um, the firmer gone. It reduces the size, hopefully, or keeps the size of the tumours small, and is a better uh, gives it something stops it from from getting bigger. Um, I also then was referred to Joe Milios mm-hmm. to do pelvic floor exercises to help um, prepare for the treatment I was going through. So after being diagnosed in October, late December, I had the firmagon. In early January, I was doing 10, I had 10 sessions of the CyberKnife throughout uh, January and into early February. Mm
0: -hmm. And then what had, did you have your PSA tested? My
1: PSA was at 31 when I was first diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Uh, In January of uh, 2020, it had it had gone after the radiation had gone down to about 2 and then it progressively kept going down after the in february i was referred to my medical oncologist after the cyber knife uh, had been done and uh, then was because it had spread through my system through the blood system there wasn't any any um, cancer in the lymph nodes. So the presumption is that it's then spread via the blood system. So I then did a round of chemotherapy for six 6 of them over three months um, to hopefully cleanse or burn the, uh, pick up any cancer that's still in the bloodstream. Yeah. So I had that to the end of June. And by then um, I'd gone off the firmagon and on to onto Lucrin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what was the difference with Lucrin and I, Firmicon? I don't know. I think uh, Lucrin is an easier um, injection to, to to take. Yeah. And um, I think it just uh, goes about the uh, androgen uh, deprivation therapy um, differently. And how
0: often did you have to have I had Lucrin? that every three months. Yeah. Okay. But your side effects those. would have been the same, like no libido yeah. and yeah. Firmicon? Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: that, that was the big. That was the big thing. The ADT really does affect affect you. It has a lot of side effects for for what's going on. It yes, it 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 takes the cancer down and stops mm-hmm. the cancer, slows it down. Um, but I, I had a, a number of issues. Um, really, things like your libido obviously goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all your parts shrink. <laughs> for one of a better way of putting it. Um, I got hot flushes, it was like menopause, male yeah. menopause obviously, I had hot flushes that progressively, you know, got worse about 12 times a day, you'd have hot flushes, mm-hmm. uh, and mentally it makes you fragile, you're you you you're basically chemically castrated, and you go back to being a 12 year old, some of your hair falls off your arms and your legs, it just goes, and, and you're like pre-pubic again, you know? Yeah, okay,
0: and... Like, Gradually, that's tough. Yeah, really tough. And what yeah. about did you feel like you had muscle wasting and
1: Uh yeah, I look I was lucky enough to be because of my situation I was lucky enough to be entered into a trial mm-hmm. uh, at ECU the Gap 4 program. Perfect, yeah. And that was a 20 month um basically um put through a a health program of weights and and uh bone density scans and, and progressively tested um, three times a week, I'd go there to ECU in up and I'd, I'd, I'd do these exercises, I'd do bike um, and lots of testing. And, and basically, it was a program to compare those that don't do physical activity, those with cancer that um, don't do physical activity versus those that do do the physical activity. And it was to prove that those that do physical activity constantly to a certain program can help fight the cancer that, that you're... Uh, I actually you know.
0: interviewed in a previous episode um, Rob Newton who runs yeah. that program. Yeah. And, it yeah, exercise is medicine. And did you feel better in yourself once you started Ab- that program?
1: Absolutely. I felt better. Um, definitely if I went for days where I hadn't done the exercise, you could feel basically your, your muscles falling off you and dropping mm. off you. Um, and it was also important... Because you you see the um, even in the bone scans you see the the your bone density slightly reducing and if and and you're told that if you don't keep working at it it'll reduce further and that could create problems. I was lucky in that my bone strength was always very strong anyway, um, and I had very minimal reduction in bone density over that time. Yeah. But, but the exercise helped with that.
0: And then did, were you given anything to deal with the hot flushes?
1: No, no, <laughs> no. The I guess, like uh, you, women, we were just told to suck it up and and mm. get on with it. Well, life. that's a bit of
0: a shame, really, because we can give. Um, there's an an- a couple of antidepressants that work really well for the hot flushes. So, anyone listening who's going to get radiation, you don't need to just put up with them because uh, there is an antidepressant that counteracts that. So, and it's pretty unpleasant, isn't it? The hot yeah. flushes. Oh,
1: absolutely, uh, especially over summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other big problem I had with the uh, and the ADT that and that I. Didn't mention before was that there's a natural weight gain with it. Yes, and you now,
0: don't work so hard to lose work so weight. hard
1: to lose it, and you, you actually put on between ten to fifteen percent weight again. Um, just you know, whether you like it or not, that's because you lose your testosterone. You need testosterone to build muscle mass and and to lose weight for mm-hmm. men. I was told during the process that because I'd had I had no testosterone anymore. I would really struggle to lose any weight. And so it was very frustrating to have lost a lot of weight and then start putting a little bit on again. Mm.
0: And so, and how were you feeling about your long term prognosis through this?
1: Well, it was fine. As long as my PSA was low and it basically went down to virtually zero, it was 0. Mm-hmm. 0.01, which was almost undetectable. So that was good. I mean, I, at one stage when I complained to my oncologist about the ADT, she said, well, what do you want, prostate cancer or... Be dead. Or be dead, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Um, unfortunately, you've got to be pretty upfront about it. So it's that. it's,
1: pretty, it's a pretty simple equation. At the end of the day, you say, well, I'll accept all of those to stay alive.
0: And when you had the chemo, did you lose your hair and were you unwell?
1: No, I didn't, I didn't lose my hair. I wasn't that unwell, to be honest. I got mm-hmm. through it okay. Yeah, you felt a bit um, nauseous a couple of days afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that... Um, Funny enough, I there was some good side effects. So it actually cleared my nasal passages <laughs> for some reason. Um, Do you know the
0: other thing? People like, always look younger after chemo, which uh, is such a weird thing to say. But it's like their skin gets a bit of a weird glow or something.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, mm. I, I hadn't picked up on that. But um yeah, look, there were some things. Your memory does drop a bit. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, but yeah, other than that, I got through the chemo okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: and. So that all of that treatment, so that you were first diagnosed in 2019. Yep. So when, when was all that first round
1: of treatment done? Well, it got to February, basically, um, when my PSA had gone down to negligible. Um, so 2020? Yeah. Yeah. So February 2021, my oncologist said, look, you're going well. Let's take you off the ADT and see how things go and have what's called a holiday. The the thing with ADT, when you're on it long term, you can build up a resistance to it. Um, And so, uh, and then if you become resistant to it, they have to try and find other forms of um, ADT to sort of counter that. Mm. So the longer you can sort of stay on it, well, make it effective, the better. Mm. I was... The theory behind having a holiday now is that, well, if you go on a holiday for, say, six months and, and your prostate cancer comes back or you need to take some more, you can go back on it and it will hopefully work mm. again. So the view was, let's let's go off and, and see how we go. So I went off it in February 2021 um, and it was fine for about six months. I was sort of steadyish, but the PSA slowly went up and then in, in one three-month period, um, spot, it it sort of doubled. It went from, I mean, I was down at 0.01 and then it went from up to 0.22. And that's when my oncologist said, okay, look, something's going on there. Let's have another look. So I went to have a PET CT scan Mm -hmm. um, and that showed up two little spots had come up, Yeah, obviously very small, but one on my uh, left hip and one on my pelvic bone again. So it was a matter again. Well, let's treat them as they pop up. That's the whack-a-mole effect.
0: Whack-a-mole. Yeah, I like that. It's a good. It's a good visual.
1: So um, I went and had two more uh, bouts of cyberknife on those. Yeah. So you have three on each spot, basically, and and um, that was treated. And and cyberknife's really easy. I have never really had any side effects to that, apart from towards the end, you get a little bit of nauseousness. But um, um, had those done. The test subsequent to that, um, you know, that was done in December of of last year. and, and
0: Did they put you back on ADT again? Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Yeah.
1: She said, well, let's see how that's gone. What's effectively happened since that time in the test since is that my PSA has gone down a little bit. So it's gone down from point two six down to now I'm at 0.18. Mm-hmm. And they've been monitoring my testosterone over that time. So it was funny when I went off... ADT, obviously my testosterone was zero. It's slightly slightly climbed up to progressively about six now. Uh, I think eight is where they start, is your minimum level as a male, um, mm-hmm. where they start worrying about it. But my oncologist at the moment is saying, well, as long as your PSA has gone down and your, your testosterone's not going crazy, hopefully with my age now being 61, I'm not producing as much na- testosterone naturally, then that doesn't feed, hopefully, the prostate cancer that may or may not be there anymore.
0: So all the hot flushes have gone. gone. Yep. And what about...
1: I'm slowly losing weight again as Excellent. my testosterone's there.
0: That's so great. Good. And what about libido? Is that coming back?
1: Yeah, well, pretty well. As soon as I went off the ADT, um, off the, off the lucrine, it started coming back. I'd say I'm ninety-seven percent back to where I was beforehand, great. which probably annoys the hell out of my wife. But um, <laughs> but it's great. You know, I feel and normal again.
0: What about your erectile function? Are we allowed to speak about that? Is that working? Or yeah, yeah
1: it's working exactly, pretty well like before. It's it's not exactly the same, but it's mm-hmm. like I said, it's about ninety-five percent like it was before.
0: And all you're doing really is taking the tadalafil daily, that's, aren't you? That's right.
1: When I, I saw you uh, back in October 2020, um, yeah, I went on that. And that has helped, obviously, um, in the whole process. Yeah, definitely I mean, would have helped keep things healthy because you would have got blood flow through all this. The, yeah, the that, and that's the difference with radiation. I mean, I, I guess most blokes that have their prostate taken out have the issue of potential uh, nerve damage there and then at the time. And hopefully it gets better with radiation. It's a little bit around the other way. You, you have the radiation and, and typically you don't have too many problems. I had no incontinence problems and really no erectile dysfunction, except for taking the, um, and the lucrin Mm. that does affect your libido. Um, taking the, um, Tudatofil sort of keeps the blood flow in the area. And, and, and the issue with, with radiation is that the, the damage isn't there initially, but potentially, and they don't know about this too much, but they, they say that potentially over the next five or so years, you could have scarring on the nerves from the radiation. So you have to keep the area strong, mm. um, have good blood flow there, and and do exercises. So that's why I keep doing the pelvic floor exercises through Joe. And take the uh, Tedatafil so that the blood flow is good. And, and I've had very little issues because mm. if you work on it and keep it healthy, it'll it'll be good.
0: Yeah. If you don't use it, you lose it. And That's also it. you've been doing that exercise program and yep. exercise and would mate, definitely even, be pumping more blood. Even though
1: that ECU program stopped, I've kept doing it going four times a week.
0: And yeah. And you look really well.
1: I feel really well. I
0: mean, there's no way someone would walk down the street and go, "Wow, that guy's got cancer."
1: No, no, and and you know the only issue now. I mean, I'll never be cured, but and you live with a uh, a bit of anxiety and all of that. But it's going well. Um, I'm healthy as long as I keep healthy and keep checking it every few months. And if it pops up, whack a bullet and yeah. and keep going.
0: And has your like medical oncologist like told you? What to expect down the track? Is that what she's saying, is we're just going to well, watch it, it pop may, up and yes, we'll we're smash just it?
1: watch it and pop up and, and smash it. Um, it may not. Come back. Come back. It may. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously something is there. It's gone through the blood system. Uh, when they get big enough in the, in the scheme of things in the system, um, they will show up and deal with them then.
0: So it really, you know, and I often say this to guys that, you know, having secondary prostate cancer isn't necessarily a death sentence. You know, yeah. it's a bit like having type two diabetes. You've got a chronic disease, and yes. you just have to look after it for the yeah. rest of your life.
1: Yeah, and look, there's no guarantees in life. Um, it may pop up bad somewhere else. I don't know. I, from what I've been told, um, you know, it'll it'll just sort of pop up in the bone system. I, you know, but. We don't know what's ahead of us, do mm, so,
0: but you can just keep going back and getting it whack a Yes, again.
1: Yeah, that's that's the plan. If we if we if we don't let it get too big, yeah, it can be dealt with. Yeah, and so, if you get it early enough in most cases, which is which is the big thing now, yeah.
0: So, how often are you getting your PSA checked?
1: It's getting checked every two months now, yeah,
0: and then you yeah. see your um, medical oncologist yep. as well. Yeah, that's great. And that's
1: just a telehealth yeah. thing at the moment. So. And,
0: like, honestly, to look at you, you look really healthy.
1: I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Yeah, and your quality of life is good?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, all's, <clears throat> all's good. Um. Yeah. It's, and you're chasing it, your wife around the ways, kitchen? <laughs> yes, I, I am, which annoys me. <laughs> Sorry, um,
0: in some mm, ways, you were going to say?
1: Well, in, and in some ways, I'm sort of, um, I don't want to say lucky, but I see a lot of the problems the guys that do have their prostate out have. Mm-hmm. And, and now I believe there's a lot more options with when you're diagnosed with prostate cancer about comparisons between having your prostate out or or having it just treated with radiation mm. it's, uh, options such as CyberKnife and and the pros and cons you know I had the incontinence issues and, and some of the other issues aren't as severe in the way I've had it and so I'm, I'm lucky in that respect mm. unlucky in other ways but So I think there's more options there for men with prostate cancer now that should be considered before just jumping one way or the other.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I also think it's just the reason I really wanted to interview you today is I just feel like when people find out they've got secondary cancer, that it's all over. And, you know, not just in prostate cancer, but in a lot of cancers, you know, the treatments come such a long way that it doesn't always, it's not always like that. So not to be anxious and to, you know, It's been a long road for you. I mean, it's two thousand and twenty-three, and you feel good now, but you've had a bit of a hard trot. Yeah,
1: it it has been, and it affects all sorts of things. I mean, mentally, there's a lot of challenges there. I I hadn't been sick for a day in my whole life up until then, and Mm. then whack, all this thing, all this happens.
0: Yeah. Do you feel annoyed that you hadn't had your prostate checked earlier?
1: Yeah, I'm a bit annoyed at that. But then, um, you know, initially I wanted to blame my doctor for all sorts of things, but. But in, as I've learned more, I found that it's just a very aggressive type of, of cancer. It mm. wasn't the norm. It didn't enlarge my prostate. I had all the finger tests, mm-hmm. and that you no didn't one show felt anything. it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so it's just one of those um, abnormal ones. Mm. And and I think that's the thing that men need to understand now: to to have your checks more regularly. Um, to if you get things early enough, which I guess in one way I'm lucky enough is that. The spots that were found on me um, were small and can be treated properly with CyberKnife or that sort of radiation and can be controlled. If men ignore it and let it go, like if, if I'd gone another six to 12 months and I'd had um, tumours come up all over my body and then lymph nodes and then all mm. sorts of Could other things. Could have been areas, a completely wouldn't. different story. Absolutely different um, thing. Mm. So it's really important that you check regularly catch things early. If you catch things early, you've got a really good chance of getting on top of it.
0: Yeah. That's great because we don't get to interview many people who have radiation. So I really appreciate you coming in today. It was really, really good. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to finish with? I feel like you've given us a very succinct view of what's going on, but is there anything I've missed asking?
1: No, no. Look, it appears that my form of prostate cancer was very much genetically linked. Um, my daughter got breast cancer at 29 Mm. and there's we've had tests to try and link them they haven't found anything but they've admitted that they only know probably about three percent of what they need to know Mm -hmm. genetically in that sort of area but hers was very aggressive as well yeah so what it does highlight for men that do get prostate cancer is to to look at your family situation to to if you've got um, siblings or I've got three young sons they've now got to be checked early on yeah in life exactly at 40. it's highly yeah. likely that there's something in there yeah because um, it so is for men yeah get your checks done regularly if your doctor's trying to put you off get another doctor yeah um, that's very good advice and and make sure you get the checks and get it early if you're going to get it
0: yeah well thank you again I really appreciate it thank you. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. As a thank you for being a part of our podcast community, I have an exclusive podcast subscribers only offer for you. As you know, The Penis Project podcast is all about embracing men's wellness and providing support and education in a safe place. As a men's health specialist, it's always been my mission to give men support and advice that is accessible to people all around the world. That's why I've created some of the world's first and only online programs dedicated to men's health. My programs are tailored exclusively for men who have been diagnosed with prostate cancer or other men's health issues such as erectile dysfunction, Peyronie's disease, premature ejaculation or a combination of these issues and they'd like to be on a path to recovery. These programs have guided modules that are packed with expert advice, invaluable information, targeted exercises and they will be your ultimate guide to getting back into action as quickly as possible. The best part? It only takes 10 to 15 minutes a day to kickstart your journey to a healthier, more vibrant life. I'll share the strategies that can help you regain penile perfection sooner than you might have thought possible. If you're ready to invest in your sexual health, please head over to www.melissahadleybarrett.com programs and use the code TPP5 at the checkout. You'll gain instant access to all the modules and you'll be a path to penile perfection in no time. More details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Penis Project. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you could leave a review and subscribe for regular updates. Your support plays a big role in spreading awareness and helping more men to access this information. The more followers we have, the more podcast platforms that recommend our show to others. This might be just the place where your friend, brother, neighbour with lingering questions finally discovers the answers. Stay connected with me on social media and join the Melissa Hadley Barrett email list for news about upcoming podcast episodes, blogs, and lots more. If you have a personal story that you'd like to share or you're a health professional working in this field, I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or a listener with specific topics you'd like us to cover, please send me an email at admin at Thanks again for being a part of the Penis Project podcast community. And until next time, take care.